Good morning, church. Please have a seat. It's great to see you all and be seen by those of you watching from home. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, for the ability to meet together today to worship and fellowship with others who love you. We thank you for the work of Jesus on the cross so that we can be reconciled to you and for the gift of your Holy Spirit who empowers us and is transforming us and renewing us into new creations. Father, we give thanks for the creation around us that we see and enjoy, for the sun and rain in season, for the plants, animals and natural environment that you made and gave us dominion over. Father, help us to be wise stewards of our natural world, knowing that we have responsibility to use its resources and care for it in your name. We pray for the church here at Hills, for Joe and Sam and the rest of the leadership team. Please continue to fill them with your Holy Spirit. Provide them with energy, wisdom, persistence and all that they need to lead and disciple us. We thank you again for this building and your provision of it as we continue to transform it. Thank you for the gifts and willingness of those among us who have put in many, many hours to that end. We thank you for them, Lord, and ask for your blessing on them. We pray also for those among us who are unwell or otherwise doing it tough. We pray they would have a special sense of your presence and that your grace would be sufficient for all that they need. Heavenly Father, we turn to our wider world and contrast the wonderful stories of perseverance in hard circumstances from the Paralympic Games with strife, conflict and suffering elsewhere. Lord, what are we to make of the difference between Tokyo and Kabul except to say that you alone are God? You have made us in your image so we can know that as we celebrate with the Paralympians and are heartbroken for Afghans, Burmese and Haitians, we remember Jesus who turned water into wine at a wedding and also wept at the tomb of Lazarus. You are not a remote God who doesn't care about suffering, but you care so much that you sent your son, not only to live as we live, but ultimately to die, so that even for those of us who suffer in this life, there is an eternity to look forward to, one where Revelation tells us that God himself will be with us and will be our God. He will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will pass away. And so, Lord, even as we ask for wisdom to know how to pray and to help those who are suffering, we do so with a motive to see more and more people in your world be able to look forward to that day when you will dwell among your people once more. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, well, good morning, everyone. It's nice to see you all today. My name's Andrew, and I'm part of the missions team here at the Hills Christian Family Centre. And today I'm going to be bringing a bit of an update on uh, where our church is up to with international missions. And we're also going to take a little bit of a look backwards at where we've come from as well. When um, Ali and I first came to this church back in 2004, I think it was, when we were first married, one of the things that really attracted us to this church was uh, its real strong biblical basis. Uh, the fact that 
it was when David Smythe was up there preaching, he was always in the word and it was always based on what did Jesus say? What do the scriptures say? How do we get a balanced view on things by looking at the entire scriptures? And so this morning as we um, begin looking at um, missions and, and things that we're looking to support and uh, do in the future, I thought I'd just take a minute just to remind us again about well, what is missions? What are we talking about here? Okay, so, so first up, um, I'm just going to bring a couple of Bible verses that would be really well known to you. And the first one is the Great Commission. So um, when Jesus was about to head back to heaven and he said, Go therefore, um, you know, all authority has been given to me on heaven, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, um, teaching them to observe all the things that I've taught you. And lo, you know, behold, I'm with you until the end of the age. Look, I got pretty close there. <laughs> I've read it a few times. Um, so he gave us a mission. He gave us a task because God's heart is for everyone to come into his family. And in his wisdom, in his unsearchable wisdom, he decided that he wants that to happen through his church, going out and sharing the gospel, loving people, serving people, and um, and preaching the good news. And so that's the task that we've been given. So our church here is wanting to be a part of what God is wanting to do in the world. And that includes right here in Belair, in Blackwood, wherever we're living, but it also extends out to the rest of the world. Another scripture that's impacted me over the years has been from Romans 10, verse 14, when Paul said, How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And it goes on to say, you know, how can they um, hear unless somebody is sent? And so it's really important that there's a lot of people out there that are um, hungry to know more about God, more about life, what's the truth. And they're just waiting for that person who's willing to share about what they've discovered is true in Jesus. And so another scripture that just reminds us. Now, we could go on and on looking at all the Bible verses, but just a couple to remind us this morning about what are we talking about here when we're talking about missions. As many of you would know, um, over the years our church has had a strong connection with Myanmar. Um, years ago, uh, Pastor Kevin Hughes uh, was part of this church and he was travelling all around the world with uh, Barry Silverback, visiting lots of different nations. And one of the nations that he brought to attention at this church was Myanmar. And uh, we had a, a connection with Pastor Andrew and his wife who were and still are running the Shiloh Bible College in Myanmar. There were some other ministries as well that we supported over the years. The Evangelism and Discipleship Training School that occurs in Myanmar, amongst many other things as well. Now, in the last couple of years, um, Jeremy Steele has been visiting these places and staying in contact with these pastors and sharing to us back here at the hills how things are going and what our support has been um, doing which has been fantastic because it's really important in international missions to have a real person visiting places so that we're not just sort of sending money off and hoping that it reaches its destination and, and achieves the purpose for which it was sent. So that's been absolutely fantastic. Now, Jeremy's um, reported back to us in recent times that 
Pastor Andrew has been um, going well, but also receiving support from other areas as well. Now, we know that other CRC churches around Australia are also supporting Pastor Andrew and his ministry. And and it seems as well that um, over the years he's developed a, a wider network of support from other places as well around the world that we don't necessarily know all of them that what's happening. Um, so the, the long and the short of it is that he hasn't been re- requiring the support that we have in years past given, hasn't been sort of touching base and, uh, and communicating that need. And so the leadership team has decided that it, it seems like a natural time to bring that part of our missions giving to an end. And so we're, we're thinking about the future, thinking about uh, Myanmar, thinking about other countries, um, but it seems that this avenue of support at this time is now coming to a close. Now, this is really quite significant because our church has done a lot with Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew's come and visited our church. He's spoken at CRC conferences. And uh, and we still 100% support him in the fact that, you know, nothing bad has happened. It hasn't been a, a sort of a breakdown or anything, pro- any sort of problematic thing. It's just um, the support that he has received from us in the past doesn't seem to be as needed at this time from us because he's got other areas, other people that are supporting him. So I asked... Um, Pastor David Smythe, if he would come this morning and just share a little bit about what the history was with Pastor Andrew and his ministries, because we had uh, missions teams from this church go and visit, and, you know, I want people to feel that, you know, a lot of good has been done, and uh, it's, it's been a wonderful uh, partnership whilst it's, it's been going on. And, uh, yeah, we just really want to bless him and continue to like pray for him, keep him in your prayers. So I've asked David now if he would come and share a little bit about our connection historically with Pastor Andrew. Thanks, David. Myanmar. I consider it's been an absolute privilege to be able to meet and minister with people in Myanmar. I've got so many memories that bless me. Uh, so many photos at home and when I look at them I get very emotional. The people in Myanmar, beautiful people, beautiful children. Enjoy a few photos uh, as I speak. Now it's not about me, it's about the Hill CFC. Hill's mission in Myanmar with Pastor Andrew Bowie Sue, that's how I say it, in the region of Mandalay. I first met uh, Andrew, on our Hills team mission trip to Myanmar in 2005. He travelled all the way down from Mandalay to Yangon, distance of 600 kilometres, to say hello. He had started a church called the Faith Christian Centre in Mandalay in 1999. At that time he was 33 years old and he had a God-motivated vision to spread the gospel in Mandalay, Myanmar and beyond. On the Hill's second mission team visit to Myanmar in 2008, the connection between Hill's and Mandalay and Pastor Andrew firmed up. The team, Trevor and Margie Pillar, 
Dan Pizalak, Wayne and Amy Buckerfield, Marguerite Koshell and Cassie and me. We travelled by train from Yangon to Mandalay, a trip of 15 hours. Now, Pastor Andrew was there at the station at Mandalay to greet us. Both of his arms were in plaster. A couple of days prior to that, he had been involved in an accident when riding his motorbike. We met his wife, Marilyn, and children, Beulah, Joshua, and Jabez. And on our stay, we met and ministered in Faith Christian Centre, which was the church he planted there in Mandalay, Shiloh Bible College, Beulah Preschool, and uh, to many outreach church groups. I uh, visited again in 2009 and then 2010, firstly with Kevin Hughes and then with Wayne Buckerfield. We would uh, travel to the uh, Bible College either in a taxi or on the back of a little motorbike. In 2010, the Hills Church paid for Andrew to come to Australia to attend the CRC International Conference in Adelaide. It was his first trip to Australia and possibly overseas. He stayed with Narina and I and with David and Judy Potter. Not only did we take him to the conference, but we introduced him to kangaroos, emus and koalas up at Cleland Wildlife Park. An email he sent on his return, I'll read it to you. I arrived home with with safe and sound, that's what it says, with safe and sound, on Tuesday evening on the 12th of October 2010. My family, Bible school and ministries are going well by God's grace. I've shared my experience in Australia and showed them many pictures. I would like to extend my heartfelt thanks to the church for allowing me to visit Australia and spend a lot of money for my expenses. It was a wonderful experience for my life. This is my prayer that the Lord God will multiply his blessings on the church, the Hills Christian Family Centre, with many thanks, Andrew. Now, just another email that I received that really speaks something of Andrew's heart and the heart of the people in Mandalay. Christmas Evangelism Report. In Myanmar, I think December is the best time to evangelise the non-Christian Buddhists because even non-Christians know that it is the Christmas season. During Christmas season, we had the privilege to share the gospel of Jesus to 52 non-Christian homes in Mandalay City. We sowed the seed of the gospel to more than 150 Buddhists. We will do follow-up continually. Pray with us that many people be born again. Christmas evangelism in the Mandalay Church on the 25th of December... We had conducted Christmas evangelism in our church in Mandalay. We were glad that more than 80 non-Christians came to our program. Pray that those people will be born again. This is one that I so like. The Lord opened the door to the prison at 25 miles from Mandalay City. In that prison there were 250 prisoners. The captain of the prison was a good Christian so he told me that the prisoners do not have warm clothes because it is very cold. Some will be in prison for 10 years, some 20, some 30, some 50 and some about 100. So many prisoners are neglected by their family and relatives. 
most of them in a hopeless, helpless situation. I realised the word of Jesus in Matthew 25.43 to give clothes to the needy and look after the prisoners. So we bought 250 warm jackets for 250 prisoners. They were very happy to receive the clothes with tears because of overjoy. Before we distributed the clothes, the police gathered all 250 prisoners in the hall room. I had the privilege to share the gospel of Jesus to the 250 prisoners on the 26th of December 2010 in the evening. Pray that many prisoners will be born again and become strong Christians. In him, Andrew, Bowie, Sue, founding president, Shiloh Bible College, Mandalay City. Oh, onto the Hills uh, mission support. The Hills CFC, we were possibly the first CRC church in Australia to financially support Pastor Andrew's ministry in Myanmar. As uh, Andrew shared, others now provide support. An email I received from Pastor Barry Silverback, International Mission Director in 2010. Now, I've never received emails that print out like that, but that's how Barry Silverback would send his emails. Easy to read. I could take my glasses off. (laughs) I'd like to read it. Dear David and all the church, the eldership and congregation, warmest greetings to you all. And a very big thank you for all that you have done for missions and in particular for Myanmar and Brother Andrew. Thank you for the many faceted support that you give to to Myanmar because it is in the early stages of development of the CSC presence in Myanmar in association with Andrew and his ministry. The early stages are so crucial to either the survival or otherwise of the establishment of a ministry or ministry presence. I personally want to see the evangelisation of the interior of Myanmar, as that was the original motivation that prompted me to go there. Obviously, this can only be done through teamwork, and I want to express my appreciation to all the church for the splendid help that you have given to Myanmar and the establishment of the work there. Well done. So our financial support over a 15-year period, rent of the building that was used for Shiloh Bible College in Mandalay and Town G, rent for building to accommodate the students. They were full-time students and the course lasted three or four years. They'd have to travel in and live in Mandalay or Town G. Transport of the students, support for Pastor Andrew, including rent of his home, Support for his assistants, Bjarke Tin and Ruth Org. Other bits and pieces, we bought him a computer which blessed him so much, water pump, other things. We helped to finance to build his own home in Mandalay and travel expenses, expenses in enabling Andrew to attend CRC National Conference in Australia. I've done a quick calculation of the mission money forwarded to Pastor Andrew over the last 15 years, I estimate that this church forwarded between $80,000 and $100,000 to Pastor Andrew and the work in Mandalay. Along with Pastor Barry Silverback, I want to say thank you so much for your generous giving over many years. Well done. Money well spent. Finally, an update. Sadly, 
Myanmar is a, in a bad place at the moment. Political unrest, ruthless dictatorship, and COVID-19. I understand that the Faith Christian Centre and the Shiloh Bible School have not been able to meet over the last 18 months to two years. More than that, I don't know. I'd like to pray a prayer. Father, thank you so much for connecting our local church, the Hills Christian Family Centre, up with Myanmar, with Mandalay and Pastor Andrew. Thank you that you have enabled us to support them as friends and financially over the years. We pray that the seeds planted will produce fruit in your name. People born again of your spirit and with faith in your love. Lord, at this difficult time, please comfort and encourage Pastor Andrew, Marilyn, and all the people associated with the Mandalay ministry. Help them through this difficult time. We pray that good times will open up. May the sun of righteousness arise upon them with healing in its wings. And God, guide us as a local church with regard to our mission support into the future. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sam, Andrew, for giving me this opportunity to say thank you. Thank you so much, David. And he really did condense 15 years then down into a short space of time. But, yeah, thank you very much. Jeremy Steele is... Um, or has been living in Queensland for the last number of years, and he has come down and visit us a number of times. And uh, we're just going to give a quick update about him. He has accepted a position as the pastor at the Lefevre Church here in Adelaide, and so him and his family will be moving down and beginning that next year. So that's fantastic news. Jeremy is going to be much closer. He'll be working there th- uh, on a three-day-a-week capacity, and he's hoping that with his other two days, he will still be able to continue to uh, be in his missions role, where he's travelling around the world and visiting the different CRC missions. Obviously, that's been a bit difficult these last 18 months with COVID, uh, so he hasn't been travelling. However, he still has that in his heart, that he wants to get back to all the different people and churches that he has ministered with and, and to over the years. And so we just look forward to having him closer and I'm sure he'll be visiting us here and giving us updates about what's been happening. So we look forward to um, staying in closer contact with Jeremy into the future. Okay, I'm going to hand over to Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Andrew, and thanks, Dave. Um, On to Ghana now. So in the start of this year, we uh, decided to... um, move some of our missions giving and focus to to Ghana, uh, to Pastor John Botang uh, in Ghana, who is a pastor. Now, he is a pastor and runs a church and a Bible college as well. And his wife is a school teacher in a, in a government school. And get this, in their spare time, <laughs> in their spare time, they have pioneered and uh, started up a Christian school in their local village. And it's this Christian school uh, that we are supporting through um, building. And we had a couple of um, pictures a couple of days ago, a couple of months ago. This was some classrooms that they needed to get completed. They have 400 students 
and not all 400 students can meet on site at the moment because they don't have enough classrooms with the uh, density requirements that the government have for COVID. And so this is uh, where the classrooms were at when we last saw them. And then we gave an update. We, we sent $2,000 Australian dollars over. Uh, which purchased these building blocks and the cement and the labour to do it. And uh, Pastor John has now sent through a video that we're going to show, and it's very encouraging to see, like Andrew said, it's great to sort of see where our missions giving is going, actually to see something from it. So, uh, Dave, if you can show that video, that would be great. Greetings from Ghana. Um... Greetings to you, uh, Pastor Sam and the church. I am taking this video uh, to show you how your support for the school project, building project has gone. So, so far, this is what we've been able to do with the funds you've sent us. Uh, and it's, it's really, really nice at this stage. And we are very grateful to you and the church and for the contribution. We say thank you so much for helping. And this is how far we've been able to come with the funds you've sent. Uh, we are trusting the Lord for provision to be able to continue from here. We are at the stage where we need to do the lentil by iron rod and put it all over this building and then um, get into the roofing stage. So we are now at the lentil level and we pray that the Lord will provide the resources for us. Thank you so much and God bless. Bye bye. So isn't that fantastic to see? Um, he used to say we're at the windowsill level and now he's saying it, we're at the lentil level um, and he's, um, he's predicting probably about $17,000 more to be able to get the lentils on and, and put the roof on and so we are looking to continue to support him uh, this year depending on our mission giving uh, as to how much we can support him in that. But one thing I did want to do is um, I actually asked John if he might just share his story, his testimony, so that we might actually get to know him a bit better and feel like we can and form a relationship with him. And so I've got another video here from, from Pastor John just sharing briefly uh, his testimony of how he became a pastor and why, what uh, fuels his mission in his life. Thanks, Dave. Hills uh, Christian Family Centre. I am so glad to come your way this morning with a testimony of myself and my coming to Christ and our ministry. I'm Pastor John Boateng, born on the 17th July 1977, married to Mercy with six children. Um, I was, I came to the Lord um, through a very difficult circumstances. I fell sick when I was in high school, um, second year, completely paralyzed for eight months, uh, left to die. But one day I, I had a visitor who was a stranger 
know him from nowhere, enter into our room to visit, asked me where my mother was, and then pulled me from my bed and completely healed. Uh, after that, my parents sent me to live with the, the Methodist pastor in our village, stay with him, and that is how I came to the Lord. I later became Assemblies of God member and went to Assemblies of God Bible School and that's how I became, uh, I came into the ministry. Then my pastor sent me to the western part of Ghana to start ministry, the cross ministry, where I have been pastoring for about 15 years now. God has been so good, we have planted about nine churches and the school concept came when I married my wife Mercy, who was a teacher, and when we came to this place, knowing that Christian education is very important, decided that we started a Christian education to give the kids in this place a very different education. And so far, God has been good. We have about 400 kids in our school, and God is blessing us. Thank you for being partners with us, and we are so grateful that the Lord has brought you our way. May the Lord continue to bless you as you have your mission week. We love you, Pastor Sam. Thank you, and thank to your wife and your kids. We love you. Bye-bye. So I hope, I hope that's helped you to get to know John a bit better. Uh, he's actually amazing on uh, social media. He just sends me pictures of his kids walking to school and all sorts of things, uh, which is really, really wonderful. And so what I thought would be kind of cool to do, Kerry was talking about what phones can be used for before and you can do videos. I thought it would be great is for us as a church to greet John and to send videos back to him. Is that, that cool? So I'm going to put this on... Uh, like this, and if you don't want to be in the video, maybe just put your head behind someone else. And what I thought we could do is after the three, we could say, hello, Pastor John, God bless you. Does that sound good? Should we just practice that? One, two, three. Hello, Pastor John, God bless you. Fantastic. All right, so let, let's do that, shall we? Let's try and... That's probably a better idea. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'll sit here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get you a ladder over there or something. All right, ready? One, two, three. Hello, Pastor John. God bless you. Thanks, mate. Very cool. I've also asked John um, which areas we as a church could be praying for him. And uh, he sent through a couple of, of prayer requests. And so I want to uh, just read those out and then uh, move on to so something else. So first of all, he's asked to um, Pray for his branch pastors. He talked about um, plant, planting nine churches, so not only himself but uh, those that have trained up, uh, to pray for them and their churches, to pray for the provision of funds of around 17000 to complete the six classrooms. 
so that the students can return to school uh, by the end of 2021. He's asked to pray for their Bible training school, uh, where they train their missionaries for ministry. And number four, and this one kind of blew my mind, he's he's planted nine churches. Pray for our vision to plant 1,000 churches in the next 20 years. It's a pretty bold vision, isn't it? And I'm pretty inspired by that. 1,000 churches in the next 20 years. So let's just spend some time uh, praying for Pastor John and for Ghana. Lord, we thank you for Pastor John. We thank you for that that day where he was miraculously healed uh, that caused him uh, to be on this path of ministry and to be sharing your love uh, with those in his country. Lord, thank you for his his heartfelt uh, vision to start a school so that the kids of his village uh, might have an education and not just an education but one that is grounded in your word and grounded in your truth. And so, Lord, we do pray for his churches. Uh, We pray for his pastors, that you would enable them, that you would empower them uh, for the ministry. Uh, We pray for the the need for his school to be um, built so that the students can come back. Lord, we pray for the uh, teaching Bible school, that new uh, ministers, new evangelists, new pastors would be raised up to, to see the kingdom spread in that country. And particularly, Lord, we pray for this vision, that new churches would be be planted, that new seeds would be sown, that we'd see a whole nation transformed uh, by your people going out and making a difference in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, And finally, I just want to um, just quickly... uh, as a bit of an introduction to my next little bit, uh, and we're going to go on to that other um, PowerPoint now, Dave. Hopefully it works and doesn't crash. Um, I just wanted to give a, a little bit of a, a Bible overview in a way. Something um, someone shared with me once uh, really uh, helped me see uh, if we step back and look at Scripture, if we look at the narrative of uh, the Bible we see that at the beginning, the first uh, 11 chapters of Genesis, uh, the focus is really on all people in all nations, the creation of the world, all people groups, uh, all languages, Tower of Babel, etc., etc. And we have this world-focused view in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Then it, there's, it focuses down, it sort of narrows down and becomes interested in uh, and it starts at Genesis and the call of Abraham. I just want to read that to you. Genesis chapter 12. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country and all your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. It says here in verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So we start with this uh, world vision and then it narrows itself down 
And for the rest of uh, the narrative of the story in the Bible, focuses on Abram and his family. One family and one nation that becomes the nation of Israel. Uh, and all through, through kings, through judges, uh, and into the New Testament, uh, there is this n- more narrow focus. We're not seeing much around the world. We're, we're focused down on this nation, the nation of Israel. And all of this uh, is focused for and leaning towards the coming of the Messiah for Jesus to come. And that happens, he's, he comes, he dies for us, he's, he, he's raised from the dead, uh, he ascends to heaven, and he promises the Holy Spirit uh, to come. And when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 1, it says this: these words, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus is uh, bringing about here when he talks about the promised Holy Spirit is that once again, no, no longer is, is, is are we interested in one family, one nation, one little timeline. It, says, it starts in Jerusalem and then Judea, which is the area, uh, of the Israelite people, Samaria, the surrounding area, and then it says to the ends of the earth. So you can see it there uh, widening out again and again becoming the gospel is now uh, in Acts and the, the Paul's letters as, as the disciples go out into all the world. It's now evangelizing and, and, and the great commandment, making disciples of all nations. And as I was thinking about this kind of uh, diagram, and I was thinking about our, our vision for this year. Now, we've, we've had a heart to reach out to our community, and COVID's actually made that pretty difficult when it comes to organising anything that then gets cancelled or postponed and not knowing uh, how many people can meet in places. And that, that's been quite difficult. But I was thinking about uh, the fact that we are a New Testament church. We are a Holy Spirit-empowered church. And this here really kind of fits in with our vision for the year of wanting to reach out and making a difference, not only globally, but locally. Because I think mission is not just about sending money overseas. Mission is about our local mission. We talked earlier in the year about uh, the fact that we all have spheres of influence that we are involved in, whether that be our our work world, um, our um, hobbies, our families, uh, how those little worlds we have influence over and we have the ability to uh, minister in those spheres of influence and to be witnesses uh, in those spheres of influence. And so this really, this picture of us as a church reaching out, this vision, and the vision of being a New Testament church, taking seriously the great commandment, not only to be missionaries and by sending money and supporting what's happening overseas, but also be supporting what's happening locally. So now we can go back to the other PowerPoint. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. And we wanted to announce this morning, actually, I'll just show you some pictures of in Ghana. We, 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's the, the Bible school um, that Pastor John runs in, in Ghana. And he also runs a food program, his church um, 
provides food packages for, for needy people in his village. And so there's one of his uh, young people um, helping out uh, one of the villages there. Um, so... <laughs> we actually, as a leadership team, we're thinking about, yes, it's been hard this year to really live out our, our vision to reach out, but should that really stop us? Should that really stop us? Or should we think, how can we use still what we've got to actually make a difference in our world and in our community? And so what we thought would be a really uh, great idea to do was to ha- set aside part of our missions giving to be able to be used for local missions and to be able to be used for projects uh, in our local community. So you might, for example, um, have a dream. You might um, have a desire to do something. You might be part of a life group that has a desire to make a difference to a neighbour or to a school or to, to something around our community. And, and it's hard to resource it. It's hard to make it happen. What we thought would be pretty cool would be to uh, make a bit of a, like a grant application where you could apply to our missions team and say, hey, look, we as a life group would really love to make a difference in this area and we really need the resources to do it. Does, does that fit under the category uh, of these things? And so we want to um, make that available to members of the congregation. You might have a heartfelt, real desire to do something and to reach out and to see something happen in, in a local mission context. And we want to support you do that. Uh, so we want to just make part of our missions giving available to those things as well as believing that as we continue to give, for example, we want to see, I want to see the roof on that school. I, I really do. Um, by the end of the year, it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? So in order to do that, uh, we have our missions offering envelopes available again. And at the, the first Sunday of every month, we want to make a, a special prayer and a special time where we actually take up our missions offering and we want to see our missions giving uh, really come up to a point where we can say to John, hey, John, let's put that roof on that school. Let's get those kids uh, in uh, for the start of next year so that they can get their education again. So can I uh, encourage you, grab a mission envelope on your way out today. Uh, if you've brought some money today, feel free to put it in the thing. But the first Sunday of every month, we, we really want to be, again, promoting uh, missions uh, the Hills Christian Family Centre, thank you so much. Over the many years, as David has said, this church has given so much to mission and we want to continue that to be something that is culturally part of our church and so we want to just keep that up. So that's, that's, um, that's it for our, our Mission Sunday. Um, if you have any questions or you want to talk uh, one-on-one with us, um, if there's anything that we've, we've shared, uh, you want some more information, feel free to have a chat to Andrew, have a chat to me, uh, or have a chat to the leadership team. We'd love to hear your ideas as well of those local ideas. So I'm going to invite the music team up. And we're going to sing a song and as we were um as we were practicing this morning 
Um, I just thought it would be awesome that we, if we could stand and as we sing this song, it would be our heartfelt prayer that we wouldn't only sing it as an act of worship, but can we use this next little time as a time of prayer where we're really seeking the Lord to inspire us, to motivate us, to see uh, different things happen in the life of the church, that he might put an idea in your head right right this morning of a, of a real need in which our church can really make a difference in the community around us and in the world around us as we want to be serious about being a New Testament church, a Holy Spirit-inspired Acts church that that is a witness that goes out, that it's not only focused on ourselves and, and building a nice building for ourselves, but we'd be a church that makes a difference in our community and our world. So let's stand together. And as we sing this song, let's just have a heart attitude of, of prayer, of openness to the Spirit's voice speaking to us, that He might give a new vision, might give a new idea. There might be a heartfelt cry inside of you that says, oh, this, is, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I need to do. And I want to get others around us. And I, I don't want to just live my life just waking up, doing a job, going to bed. I want to be part of this mission. I want to be a part of God's mission to make a difference in the world, to go out and make disciples, to see new people come to faith, that we'd, we'd rally together as a church to do that. So let's, let's pray. Lord, as we, as we sing, as we pour our praise to you, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you inspire us? Lord, would, would we be a church that is on fire for mission, on fire to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? to see new lives restored, transformed because of your, the power of your spirit that is at work amongst us. So, Lord, now as we sing, as we have a, an attitude of prayer and, and listening, would you speak to us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you everyone for 
being here today and I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged that, you know, it's a blessing to be, to be able to give, to be able to serve and, uh, and to also be outward looking. And Lord, open the eyes of our heart, like drop those ideas in our minds so that we can bless the people around us. So thank you, David. Thank you, Sam, for sharing today. And uh, just a reminder, if you would like prayer for anything, we do have people waiting for you in the prayer room if you would like some prayer. So have a wonderful week and God bless. Thank you.